Hey, chaps. What a wonderful, wonderful time to be alive. Praise God. I, uh, I'm having a thoroughly wonderful morning. I'm on about my fourth cup of coffee, which, as we know, creates marvelous things in the brain. You know, I often think about that with, you know, you read Genesis, and uh, it says that God gave this guy knowledge of metalworks, this guy knowledge of music, and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Rob, good afternoon, brother. And, you know, you just get these knowledge dumps from the Lord. And it's like there was some guy who got this knowledge dump for one thing. The growing and procurement of the coffee bean. Like he must have just been like sleeping the one night and being like, God appears before him. And he's like, and he's like, Scott, this is a coffee bean. Lord, what do I do with the coffee bean? Scott, you roast it at this many degrees for this long, and then you grind it into a fine powder. After which you pour hot boiling water over these grinds and you drink the elixir. Lord, what then? Then you enjoy yourself. W. Laser, welcome brother. So uh, today I wanted to jump in, you know, it's been a, it's been a fascinating couple uh, I, th I think I've, I've experienced this thing my whole life, really. I think I've been very aware of hierarchies. I've been very aware of, of I haven't always been able to articulate it. I haven't been always able to, to put it in words, what I'm seeing, but I've always felt it. This thing of um, competition anxiety in a, in a hierarchy. Competition happens when there's a scarcity of resources. So if there's, if there's only so much of something, you have to compete over it uh, to make sure you get your share, you get your cut, you get what you deserve. And, you know, where this shows up uh, a huge deal in, in my past is, you know, sports teams. There's only 15 spots. There's only 15 positions on the team. And so you've, you've got to compete for those positions, you know, and, and, and you know, yes, uh, my gift made room for me there. You know, I, I was a, a, an above average player. And so I, I you know, always got uh, the position until, of course, I, I started, you know, trying to go pro. And then you realize, like, I'm not going to cut it. <laughs> There's some people who are better at me at this thing I'm trying to give my gift at. And so anxiety sets in, right? Anxiety sets in. I'm like, there's no room for me. There's There's not a seat on the bus for me. And, and we, we, we just get anxiety. And, and so now we start like blocking other dudes and like having a resentment against the coach, resentment against the guys who you should be there instead of them, you know? And it's like, and this is all fine. It's all part of growing up as a man and learning honor in a hierarchy, learning to give due honor to men who are uh, superior to you or above you. Uh, learning scale. You know, so we'll go into that a bit of, of learning the scale of your gift as well. You know, so, so I was a good rugby player, but I was a good rugby player at the, at the level four or five. But me trying to go towards, towards level 10, which is professionalism, I started encountering level six and level seven players. And I couldn't, uh, I was not equal to them. And so that's not a resentment. That's not a, 
that's not something to be jealous about. That's not, it's like, okay, like I've maxed out my capacity, my talent at this level. And so, so, so many of us, we get into this place of, I'm jealous. I'm going to take this guy out. You know, if I went and, and busted the kneecap of some level seven player, do you know that it wouldn't have got me on, onto the team? They would have just looked for another level seven player. <laughs> like, sorry, level five, you're not making it on this level seven bus. And so, so all it does is consumes you with rage and consumes you with anger and consumes you with jealousy. And you try to, to block and gatekeep and tear down, uh, you know, in order to, to reach with your own hand and get some room. And all it ends up doing is making you look like a dick, making you look like a guy who is without honor towards others who are due honor. And instead, the right mindset is like, hey, I just love playing rugby. I just love playing my position. I love giving my gift to the group of guys who need my talent which is a level five team, right? A level five team. And, and, and then I went and I, and I played for a few of those teams. And it's like, I was one of the top guys in the team and it felt great. They all gave me Juana because I was playing with a bunch of level five guys. And like, this guy's good. He's what we need, you know, and we're, we're going, and it's like, man, this feels great. Like there's room for me again. My, my gift capacity or, or ability provided me with space in my capacity and ability. Rob, something to understand about ability versus position. The Peter Principle states that a person who is competent at their job will earn a promotion to a position that requires different skills. If the person is competent in the new role, they will be promoted again and will continue to be promoted until reaching a level at which they are incompetent. Yeah, and then that's a great, a great uh, story to bring in, Rob, because then once they get to that place of incompetence, <clears throat> the only way for them to scale back to, to, to last competence, you know, to the edge, to the terror barrier of, of comfort and terror. The only way for them to scale back is often to either get fired and go join another company. You know, it's hard for guys to just be like, Hey, can I have my old job back? <laughs> you know, because it's in our, in our Western mindset, like, well, that's a step down. That's, that's dishonor, you know, and all this stuff. It's like, no, I was really good over there. I'm going to go and, and do that thing. And again, go, you know, go just beyond what's comfortable for you. You know, so for instance, some of the teams I played on when I was when I was really trying to go pro, I was playing against level seven opposition. <clears throat> and I was obviously the level five guy on the team. And it was a mix of terror. You know, when you're dealing with just absolute human units, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was strong, I was fit. But my mind, my mindset was not. You know, there's some guys whose size doesn't matter because they're just, you know, they're, they're Bruce Lee. They're just going to destroy anything. You know, they're not a, a worry. But for me, like I had to conquer fear of like level seven absolute units. Uh, basically, you know, the fear of death, the fear of serious injury, the fear of, and it's like, I'm not skillful enough to maneuver this scenario for 80 minutes over a whole season of 12 matches. Like I am out of my depth. And it's this Peter principle of like, okay guys, I, and it's not defeatism. It's not, it's not uh, insecurity. It's like, it's very obvious. I was a superstar with all the level five dudes. I am a liability to my own health and to the guys around me trying to play at a level seven. And so I'm not resentful. 
I'm not, I'm not jealous. I'm not angry. I mean, I was, I was disappointed. I was disappointed. And and we all have to go through that disappointment of like, I'm not a level 10 talent guy. I'm a level one talent guy. And is that disappointing? Sure. It's disappointing to our, our natural ego. It's disappointing to, to our, you know, ambitions that doesn't stop us from giving our gift and enjoying it. It doesn't stop us working our little level one talent as unto the Lord, you know? And so, so for a lot of us, we get hyped into this whole thing of only if you are a level 10, does your gift make any sense? Only if you are a level 10, you know, should you even give your gift for the rest of you, just bury that crap and go sit in, in, in the corner in silence. Don't even give it. And it's like, no, no, no. There's a whole plethora of men who are praying for my level five gift, level four, level three, level two, level one, whatever your gift is. There is a group of people who desperately want your scale of gift in their group of guys going for a mission that that you're going to feel contribution to. You're going to feel honor in. And so I just really wanted to hit on this. You know, in the church, you feel this a lot. You feel this thing of like, man, there's only one microphone. And so I have to compete for all these other guys over microphone time or over time with the lead guy or over time on the stage, you know, and we, we are, there's anxiety and competition and all this stuff. And it's like, guys, like there is no competition. You know, I love that, that Proverbs, uh, Proverbs, man, what's my proverb? (laughs) I think it's like Proverbs 18. You guys look it up, but it says, uh, a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. And that's our, our heart's desire is to give our gift, have it make room for us with a bunch of mates who are great and we're going at something together. And that's a promise from the Lord. Like that's in the word, like take God at his word. A man's gift makes room for him. Oh, but my gift's just a level one. It's a bunch of crap compared to this level 10 guy. I'm going to go sit in the corner in shame. And it's like, no, no, no. Give your gift as unto the Lord. The guy who goes and buries his gift and goes and sits in the corner, the Lord says that's a wicked servant. Why? Because your gift is not for you. Your gift is unto the Lord. You are serving the Lord. You are serving the guys whose presence your gift would bring you before. And so in the church context, I want to. I really want to look at David and I want to look at, at Saul. And we can, not just church, we can apply this to like the manosphere. You know, you look on Twitter, you look with all these like little groups of guys, any tribe, right? Any organization, any business, any hierarchy. Guys are all vying for honor, right? Because we think it's a scarce resource. We think honor is a scarce resource. Honor is not, honor, what's a, I was going to say like gold or, or oil, but you know, there's some guys out there who seem to think that oil and gold refreshes. What is a, a resource that is like, there's only so much of it? Yeah, Bitcoin, I don't know. But, but a scarce resource, right? We know there's only so much of it, so we have to fight. Honor is a, a, it's a, it's an infinite resource while maintaining its value. What I mean by this is your gift creates honor, right? So your gift is a generator, a mine for honor, right? It's not a, 
it's not just a capital, but it's actually an income, right? So your gift creates honor. It creates room. And the way to, to get more honor is not to fight other men for honor, is not to block other men for honor. It's not to, to, to limit and, and put down other men for honor. It's to give more of your gift, to become stronger at your gift, to become more brave with your gift, and to become more masterful with your gift. And you will just be printing more honor, right? That's how you gain more honor, is giving more of your gift. And so often we resort to attacking other men's gifts, to attacking other men's honor, to attacking other men's uh, room that they've made with their gift because we're insecure of giving our own gift. So this brings us to, to, um, to Saul, right? Saul had at his disposal a young man who would do anything for him. He would kill a giant. He would go and kill 200 Philistines and cut off their foreskins. He would do anything, sworn allegiance, an honorable man, a man of infinite value, infinite honor. He comes and says, Saul, you are my king. I am at your service. So what does Saul do? Instead of being like, awesome, praise God for you, young man. I've got, I've got jobs for you. I've got a task for you. Your gift makes room for you with me. Uh, go do what you're good at in my kingdom. Instead of doing that, Saul puts a lid on him. Saul blocks him. Saul is jealous of him. Saul is insecure that this young man is going to steal the scarce resource of honor. Why? Because Saul had stopped giving his gift, right? Saul was a coward. He didn't go out to face Goliath. Saul was a coward. He folded and offered the sacrifice when God said not to. Saul was a coward. Like he, he was no longer giving his gift out of fear of man. David, on the other hand, bravely gave his gift. Strength, mastery gave his gift and just kept giving, kept giving. And so he's chased into the desert right? Which is to a lot of guys, like I'm being persecuted. They're taking away my room. They're taking away my honor. They're dishonoring me. They're, they're blocking me out. They're cutting me out. And for so many guys, they can't take this desert season because they, they think that all the honor is gone. And so they stop giving their gift. And so David doesn't stop giving his gift, even in a place where he's no longer in the palace. He's no longer with all the the popular people and the the beautiful people. He gives his gift as unto the Lord. He carries on being skillful, strength, strong, uh, brave. And he gives his gift. And so 400 dudes come around him, right? 400 outcasts, scum, guys. This is the first part of humility, right? He's not so far high and mighty above them. that he's like, yeah, you guys are too scummy for me. Like, I don't want to be seen with you. Cheers. Like, he's like, sweet. I'm your captain now. And he elevates 400 men to, to his value, to his room, right? He's like, you are my guys now. We're going to go do projects together. We're going to go take ground together. We're going to go be mighty men together. And he basically provides room for all these guys to start giving their gifts right? Who are they? They were outcasts, which means they weren't able to give their gifts anywhere. They had no honor. They had no room. There was no room for them in polite society. They were kicked out. And so David says, I will make room for you. I will give you the blessing, the structure, 
the 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 room to give your gifts and they become mighty men by the giving of their gifts so you contrast those two things you know of even david so saul goes out in the desert to go hunt him and david understands this thing of like i'm working as unto the lord the lord said i'll be king so david goes into uh, into a cave to hide saul comes in for a crap and all his men are like let's go now's the time and he's like guys i don't need to fight another man for room I don't need to reach with my own hand, right? That's what it says in, in, in the book of 1 Samuel 26. This is David. He, he's talking to these guys. He's like, guys, the Lord will strike him down. Forbid that I should stretch my hand against the Lord's anointed. Man, that is crazy. The Lord will strike him down. So David knew that I, I work as unto the Lord. My gift is to the Lord. And if some other dude is blocking me, if some other dude is trashing my name, if some other dude is is trying to uh steal my room it's like lord you see him lord you've called me to give this gift lord i'm just following you i'm gonna give my gift as unto you you will strike him down you uh will bring me into the the space and the room and so we just need to get this mindset you know especially like i can see it in the manosphere i can see it whenever i go to like rugby coaching clinics or workshops and there's like a bunch of other rugby coaches Everyone is so guarding their room, right? It's like they want to big deck each other and so that they can be like, I need to compete in this group of, you know, 10, 20 coaches to be the big guy. I'm the man with honor over here. You know, you can see the same like in churches with like leadership and, and like guys vying like who can be the big guy? Who can be, how can I fight the other guys for room and, and, and back talk guys and block guys? And, and it's like, guys, when you understand that there are Davids out there who are like, man, if you make room for another man to excel, if you make room for another man to crush, that's not a dishonor on you. It's a multiplication of your honor. You were forever the guy who, who elevated another man into his work as unto the Lord. And we are rewarded. We have to have a reward theology. And so I just want to, Matthew 6, 6. Go into your room, close the door. Your father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. Reward theology. Your father who sees you in secret. Because that's our biggest issue. God, do you see me? God, do you see this dick who's, who's blocking me? Do you see this guy who's, who's trying to kill me and chasing me through the desert? So many guys, they don't know God sees them. They're like, I've got to take it into my own hands. I have to go kill Saul. And it's like, no, 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 guys. Matthew 6, 6. God, who sees me in secret, in the desert place, in the prison, will reward me openly. Will reward me openly. Genesis 15. This is God talking to Abraham. And now Abraham, in this instance, he's just attacked a confederation of five kings. The dude is fearing reprisal. He's fearing He's like, oh, crap, I just picked a fight. I don't know uh, what the reprisals are going to be. I'm going to have to live with my guard up because five dudes are coming to block me. Five dudes are coming to trash my name. Five dudes are coming to take my room, my space, my land. Genesis 15 verse 1. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield, your very great reward. I am your shield. That's God protecting us. God will protect us if we take him at his word. 
and live in that king energy of like, I'm God's man. No one can touch the Lord's anointed. I am God's man. And God is my very great reward. What's he rewarding? He's rewarding my obedience. He's rewarding my God. I trust you to take vengeance. Romans 12 verse 9. Vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Right? That's like, God, you see me. You see this guy. Vengeance is yours. You will repay. That's awesome stuff. You know, and a lot of guys, a lot of pacifists take this to be like, if someone's punching you, just be like, oh, Lord, do you see this? <laughs> Lord, do-. no, 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 no. Like you can defend yourself. You can use legal pathways. You can put up boundaries. You can remove yourself from situations, from abuse. You can, if someone punches you, you can punch back. What I'm talking about is in a hierarchy, in a in a, a situation where There's an authority figure that you cannot touch, that you cannot reach without you being. If David killed Saul, he was shedding blood by his own hand. He was going against God's ordained ways for redress of grievances. So David did. He left, right? He didn't stay in the abusive palace. He left. He defended himself, right? He never just stood there and said, all right, Saul, you can kill me. He he ran away. He His guys probably fought skirmishes with Saul's guys. But he never, he never touched an authority structure that God had put in place that was not the correct ways to do things. Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. I was like, wow, Lord, you see me. You see that. And so I'm talking about this in like in a situation, you know, a lot of these things we've spoken before, uh, Rob, where you were saying that whole thing about uh, how we treat an in-group is different to how we treat an out-group. So this is all in-group application, right? Let me read some some comments here quickly. Rob, somewhere out there, a group of men is praying for someone with your character and skills to join them and add their value. Our duty in the interim is to build ourselves to be ready to add that value. Brilliant, brother. W. Laser, real estate is finite. Honor isn't. Owning more land means there is less land for others to buy. Becoming more honorable does not lower someone else's honor. Brother, you've hit it on the head. Exactly that. Owning more land means there is less land for others to buy. So there is competition anxiety over land. But becoming more honorable by the giving of your gift, bravely, strongly, uh, masterfully, becoming more honorable does not lower someone else's honor. And that is the key factor that we're hitting on here, right? Saul, you know, because they were singing their little songs. Oh, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And Saul was bleak. Saul was pissed off, jealous. And it's like, no, 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 guys. Like, honor, David's honor, being honored doesn't take away from my honor. He's building my kingdom. It's, he's, doing the, he's doing the groundwork for me. Him beating the Philistines, he's paying me tribute. He's increasing my territory. It's like Saul was literally an idiot. He couldn't see that someone else's honor was actually a rising tide lifts all ships. David going out and crushing was lifting Saul's kingdom. So good, bro. Becoming more honorable does not lower someone else's honor. And someone else becoming honorable does not lower my honor. Rob, among the peers of your in-group, honor can be grown, 
shared, and of course, lost. When dealing with outsiders, honor is a zero-sum game. Very good. If an outsider takes your honor, it is your, and if you are unable, your kinsman's duty to restore your honor. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you, we're hitting on the same things here. This is in-group application, right? In-group in group hierarchy that we're talking about here. And so, you know, when you go to these, these rugby coaching clinics and there's all these coaches, they're so insecure because everyone wants to be seen as the most honorable coach there, the most, the best coach there, the, I'm the best coach here. I have the best ideas. When I go to a coaching clinic, I'm like, tell me everything you know. Tell me your, your, your trick plays. Tell me your new theories. Tell, like, I am a sponge. Why? Because someone else being brilliant is going to help me be brilliant. Tell me how you practice. Show me the drills you use with your guys. I couldn't care less trying to be the big dick there. I couldn't care less trying to be like, well, God, because I do think I'm great. I do think I'm one of the best coaches in America. I do think I've got the best drills and things. But me going there and big dicking everyone and saying, this is how I do it. I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to find any new stuff. I'm not going to gain any uh, room from all these other guys who've got a different gift. They've got a different way of seeing the game. And so like, it's like we should all arrive and be like, dude, tell me everything. Tell me everything you know. Like all my stuff that I um, talk about, none of this is my amazing stuff. Like, man, I read books. I listen to podcasts. I watch videos. I talk to dudes. And I'm like, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And I bring it all together. And yes, then there's some new thing and rabbit holes. And it's like, but to think that I'm the big guy who knows everything. And it's like, guys, relax. We've got so much to gain from each other's gifts. And so with the manosphere, it's like that as well. It's like, oh, this guy on Twitter, you know, I followed him, but he didn't follow me. And like, oh, this guy's, he's touching my topics. He's using my material. And it's like, guys, Paul says, as long as the gospel is being preached, who cares who's doing it? You know, and, and so many of us were so much more worried about our own honor, about our own ego, about our own room that we, we put that above the mission. We put that above working as unto the Lord. We put that above the Lord seeing us in secret. You know, let's say I made up some amazingly cool thing and someone else took it and used it and got amazing honor for it. Let's, let's take rugby, right? I feel like I've come up with some pretty effective drills and someone else sees it and they go and everyone's like, oh, this guy's amazing. He's the best attack coach in the world. And these are the drills that he used. Old me, small me, Saul me, clown me would be like, those are my drills. Get bastard. And, and, and jealousy and rage and all this stuff. But you know what? You, you know what new me is? New me calls that guy up and is like, hey man, I've got more where that came from. I've got more if you want me to, you know, and it's like, I am not, I, it's like, finally, people are attacking the way I want, people are playing the game the way I want the game to be played. And if this guy, if this guy is a David, he'll be like, crap, I need to look after this guy. He's the idea guy. And it will bring me along. He'll bring me into the more room. And if not, like, then it's like, okay, you're unsafe. You don't get to come and see all my new tech, all my new stuff. And so it's like, we are so afraid of missing out. You know, and that's the other thing. It was like, God, do you see me? Do you see that he stole my ideas? 
And like God's like, Scott, like I love you. I'll repay you. And we have to believe that. And it's also like, Scott, I gave you that idea. I can give you a thousand more. Like ideas are an honor and ideas are an infinite resource that God can just dump into my mind. So anyway, I'm all over the show here. Alrighty. So fear of scarcity, that's our biggest issue when, when we're doing all this stuff, you know, cause like we see another guy and we're like, Oh, I hate that guy because he thinks he's better than me or he, he's got more people who follow him or, or he's doing a project that I thought I should do. And there, okay, there it is. There it is. He's giving his gift and he's crushing and I'm not giving my gift. And so now I'm insecure. And so I was like, Oh man, I need to go give my gift. And I use him as inspiration. I use them as admiration. You know, so a lot of these guys, it's like, thank you for getting me out of my comfort. Thank you for getting me out of my rut and back to contributing. Because Saul should have looked at David and all the girls were singing, David has killed his tens of thousands. Saul should have said, oh yeah, I need to go back out there and kick some ass because I'm not giving my gift. Like, why did I let this little boy go and kill the giant? I should have gone and killed the giant. Like, I need to get back out there and start giving my gift. Thank you, young David. Welcome on board. I'm going to use you as a pace setter. I'm going to use you to keep pace with you and inspire me. And we're going to co-labor together. And we're going to, we're going to go hard at the mission together because the mission is what's important. Us giving our gift is what's important. So when we look at another guy who's doing what we want to do and crushing it, use it as admiration. Bless that guy. Man, I bless you like I use you as admiration, uh, as inspiration. I admire your work and I am going to give my gift too. I am going to be encouraged to go and give my gift too and, and step out. And, and then we're also, we worry about scarcity of like, oh, well, you know, there's only so much money. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> there's a lot of money. There's only so much audience. No, 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 there's a lot of audience. There's only so much uh, reward. No, 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 there's a lot of reward. Go out and give your gift. Use men who you're normally jealous of, who you're normally critical of, who you're normally resentful of. Write them a letter and say, hey, man, I just want to say I admire your work. Thank you for inspiring me. And, and there it is. You've, re- you've released this scarcity anxiety. And it's like, now I'm going to go hard in my gift. Praise God. Johan Bodnorst, welcome, brother. Do you know of any podcasts that discuss and explain the gospel? Um, let's see. I love uh, a podcast. There's a chap by the name of Andrew Womack, who I pretty much like grew up on. This guy. Um, he's got some. He's got some great podcasts that are just uh, really good discipleship. And um, if any of you guys listen to stuff that's uh, edifying, feel free to put that in the, in the comments there. <clears throat> All righty. So here's the thing. We fear other people's success sidelining our success. And it's like, guys, someone else's success means the tide is rising. Me being successful doesn't stop another man from being successful. It just increases the market. It increases the brand. It increases the mission. You know, if what you do is your gift as unto the Lord, there will never be enough of it to compete over. There's just going to be so much glory. It's like, oh, there's not enough. It's like, no, no, no. We can't even compete. Like, 
do what God has put on your heart to go and do. And if another guy's doing the exact same thing, it must be because the Lord needs two of you to do it. Bless him. Bless him to do it in his way that he has faith for and you do it in your way that you have faith for. And maybe you can even help each other and share notes and encourage each other and admire each other and take inspiration from each other. <clears throat> Abraham and Lot. So this is where two dudes are doing the exact same thing. They're both cattle ranchers, just huge wealth, huge power, right? And it says that they were so big and powerful in the same place that their staff, their employees were starting to quarrel, you know? So you could see like the two hierarchies are like, there's just so much going on here that it's your style and my style in the same place. It's not really working. And so this is where a lot of guys fight and I'm going to take everything from him and you owe me everything. You're out here and kick him on the, and it's like, no, no, no. Abraham was like, dude, I love you. We've got the same mission. We've got the same, um, uh, you know, you're my, you're my, my nephew. I bless you. You choose the left. I'll go right. Or you choose the right. I'll go left. Why? Cause he knew God would reward him either way. And so lots like, sweet, I'll take this, the good land. And then Abraham's like, great. I bless you. And he goes off into the mountain land and God blesses him. And it's like, that's a great way of like, man, if someone's doing the exact same thing as you and there's no space, don't quarrel. Don't try and defeat him. Don't try and, and destroy him to take over the monopoly. It's like, dude, bless you. You go one way. I'll go the other way. Bless you. And when he gets in trouble, guess who comes and helps him? Abraham. Some guy comes and said, Abraham, lots in trouble. Will you come help? And it's like, yeah, I'll come help. Because this guy's on the same mission as me. He's family. He's tribe. I'm going to go and help him. I'm going to risk my life to go help him. Because there's no competition anxiety, right? There was anxiety over land, space. So they, 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 they dealt with that. But there was no honor anxiety. There was no, you can't do this because I'm doing this. It's like, no, no, no. You do it there. I'll do it here. Praise God. Andrew Graves, welcome, brother. Late, but fashionably show. <clears throat> and then you look at it with, uh, with Jonathan as well. So a lot of us are going to be in hierarchies where we are the big dog. We are the soul. And some young whippersnapper like Jonathan is going to go and be like, I'm going to go and get honor. I'm going to go and pick me a fight with some Philistines and go and kick ass. And, and Saul had two options. Option one, jump in after him and, and finish the victory. Like, whoa, this guy's crushing. All right, boys, everybody into the gap. Let's go. That's what should have happened. Instead, he's not giving his gift. He's a coward, right? And some other young whippersnapper giving his gift courageously makes him look bad. It obligates him to show up, right? So it's showing him up. Not, not intentionally, not maliciously. It's just this guy crushing shows that this guy's not crushing. And so Saul's mad. And he's like, I'm going to kill whoever did this. And so in a lot of hierarchies, the top guy ends up killing all the young hotshots, the young guys who want to give their gift, the young guys who are brave, the young guys who are strong, the young guys who are masterful, because he doesn't want to deal with the troubles of taking ground, with the troubles of new victories. He's like, let's just maintain. Let's just stay in my fear. Like, I'm, I don't want to be uncomfortable. And so we need to guard against that, you know. Uh, and likewise, if we are a young whippersnapper, <laughs> It's like, go for it, brother. Go hard and don't let another man's lack of permission 
or willingness to block you, stop you from crushing as unto the Lord. Stop you from giving your gift as unto the Lord. If he chases you with a spear, run to the desert. Rob, an important obligation of hierarchy is building those men beneath you, especially father to son. It's having a father's heart. You know, we've got to have a father's heart to guys who are below us, to guys who are behind us, to guys who are maybe a less talent than us. We've got to be like, hey man, I see your mission. I see your heart and I'm going to advance you. You know, it's the 400 men who came to David. He's like, all right, chaps, I see you're all a bunch of outcasts. I'm your captain now. I have a father's heart towards all of you. At the end of this 10 years, all of you chaps are going to be numbered as mighty men. What's a mighty man? Top of the hierarchy. Giving his gift. Courageous, strong, masterful. Honor. Riches. Life. <clears throat> so that's the thing. Don't bury my talent, especially at the top of a hierarchy or even in the bottom. Do not bury your own talent. Even if other guys have the exact same thing and like, oh, there's not enough space. It's like, no, no, no. Don't bury your talent. Secondly, do not bury other people's talents. Don't throw dirt on them. Don't throw mud on them. Don't push them down. Guys, a rising tide lifts all ships. If another dude's crushing, awesome. I admire that. And I'm going to take that as inspiration. <clears throat> Surround yourself with Davids. Do not chase them away. There are so many men in our lives. Apply that to your scale. You know, whoever the, 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 the Davids of your scale are, around you. Don't chase them away. Surround yourself with them. If another dude is crushing in a way that you would only dream of crushing, don't be like insecure and, and avoid him, chase him away or run away from him. It's like, dude, will you show me how to do that? As men, we have to become humble to the other men around us and be like, dude, would you show me how to do that? That is a super scary thing for one man to say to another because you're admitting that I am not where you are. Would you please show me how to do that? And that's humility. That's due honor, giving due honor to a man. So good. And if you give a prophet, if you honor a prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. If you honor a dude who's crushing, you receive the crushing reward. <clears throat> Andrew, uh, Rob, you're spot on. Builders versus grabbers. That's a really good distinction. Dudes who build and then dudes who grab. Lots of fathers have antagonistic relationships with their sons and vice versa. Yeah. So it's this whole thing of comparison and competition is the one mindset versus inspiration and co-laboring, right? We're on the same mission. So let's co-labor or, or at least if we can't work together, I'm going to use you as inspiration and crush in my gift versus competition and comparison, right? Comparison of like, oh, I'm not where he is. I feel bad. I'm not where he is. And then we start feeling down. We start burying our gift even more. We're like, I'll never be like him. And it's like, dude, you're just seeing his highlights. You're just seeing his public life. Like, you don't know the struggles he's going through. You don't, he's a man just like you. He's got temptations just like you. It's like, reach out to him and you'll actually find he's a great dude. And you've constructed all these stories in your head of how she hates me. He doesn't like me. And it's like, has, have you ever have you ever messaged him? Have you ever said, hey man, really admire your work? Have you ever reached out and been like, dude, I think we have the same mission. I would like to learn from you. Like that's the place of humility that, that then brings honor. Praise God. Another good distinction here. So you said they're builders versus grabbers, Andrew. Another good thing here is a gatekeeper versus a gateway. 
So some guys are gatekeepers where they're like, nope, blocked, 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 blocked. This is a very special group. You're not in it. Block, 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 protect my room. Other guys are gateways. In other words, I have access to this room. I'll get you access. Come with me. Because a lot of guys, man, in my life, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. There's so many dudes in my life who have been like, hey, I know a guy. I'm going to introduce you to him. That's a gateway. Hey, I know a group that you would be good with or blah, blah, blah. I'm going to introduce you. That's a gateway. You're being a gateway to another man's gift. And there's a reward. There's a reward, brothers. When you make room for others, your territory expands. Your room expands. There's a dividend on on honor. There's a dividend on gateway, on being a gateway. You get a reward. When you make room for others, your room expands. And then I really want to touch on that thing of appropriate scale, of, of a true humility of understanding, you know, for a lot of us, we, this is where the secret king comes in, the gamma in a hierarchy. The secret king, he, he sits around not giving his gift, but criticizing the men who are giving the gift. I mean, like, I could do it better. You know, if I were the king of this hierarchy, I would be doing this, this, and this. And it's like this thing of, of understanding due honor of like, dude, not my hierarchy. So even if the guy is a jerk soul at the top of the hierarchy, like, not my hierarchy, not my crown. So it's like, it's not my responsibility to, to you know, uh, make criticisms and judgments of how this guy is running his, his hierarchy. It's my duty to crush in my gift. <clears throat> and so do your gift in the desert and in the prison. A lot of guys are like, man, I don't have honor in this hierarchy. I, I'm at the bottom of this hierarchy. I might even be in the prison in this hierarchy. Or I might be outside the hierarchy in the desert. Give your gift in the desert. Give your gift in the prison, right? So Joseph, he's put in prison. And he's like, look, Mr. Jailkeeper, I'm a bloody good administrator. You can say it's it's yours, but I'll do it. And so he gives his gift in the prison. David's out in the desert, on the backside of the desert, shepherding sheep. And he gives his gift over there. He kills a lion. He keeps the sheep. He does the thing. He, both of these guys are making themselves ready for their big moment when the Lord does take them to a reward. Whereas the Gamma, the secret king, they wait for the palace before they give their gift. They're like, I'll start giving my gift when I get to the palace. I'll start giving my gift when they give me due honor. I'll start giving my gift after they have promoted me and given me honor. And it's like, it doesn't work that way. You know, you give your gift, then you get honor. You give your gift, then you get the palace. And even if you don't, you do it as unto the Lord and he will reward you. Because a lot of us, we do that. We're like, okay, I'm going to give this a try. I'm going to give my gift in the desert. And 10 years later, you're still being chased around the desert by a mad King Saul. And you're like, oh God, this doesn't work. And it's like, no, dude, you are just piling up honor, piling up honor, piling up honor by how you navigate the desert, by how you navigate a clown chasing you down and trying to kill you by how you navigate 400 rough men coming around you. You're just gaining honor. You're just piling up honor. And then boom, when he does come to the palace, he is just 14 years worth of credited honor, just piled up there. And it's like the greatest King of all Kings. Like this dude is, is his honor was so deep because he kept on giving his gift in the desert. The analogy there is a bucket of crabs versus the rising tide that lifts all ships. 
you know, we, we have been taught this clown world victimhood thing teaches us that we're all a bucket of crabs. If another guy gets out the bucket, then I don't get out the bucket. So I've got to pull him down, pull him down. I'm going to go pull him down, pull him down. That's how our world operates. We it's bucket of crabs mentality, but a rising tide lifts all the crabs out of the bucket. A rising tide lifts all ships. And that's how we've got to see other men's success who are in our in-group, who are in our hierarchy of like, man, this guy's success has a, a residual effect on my success. The more of us men who have more honor, like I am in, I am in tribe with this man. I am in, in friendship with this man. Him being amazing and honored and wealthy and healthy and full of life and just blessed, like that's going to rub off on me. That's amazing. <clears throat> Rob, we all grew up in modernity, a culture without honor. Grug brain explanation. Honor should be initially thought of as honesty and not might makes right. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, honesty is, it's without honor, like you say, in this culture. You know, there's no reward for honesty in this culture. And so we are fashioning for ourselves our own hierarchies again. We are fashioning for ourselves our own world out in the desert where honesty is honored, where, where inequality, where hierarchy, where, where, where your giving of your gift is honored. And so even, you know, cause then we go back out into the world and we're just beaten and, and clowns and trash and dishonor. And it's like, no, no, no. I live in this world, even though out there is clown world, I live with honesty and honor. Praise God. See if I had anything else here. Proverbs 22, verse 4, one of my favorites as well. By humility and fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. So those are the three prime desires of any man, sinner or saved. Riches and honor and life. You know, the life part, you can put in there sex. The honor part, you can put in there sex. Uh, but, but riches, honor, status, sex, life, health, you know. And so many people are like, oh, that's evil. That's terrible. We shouldn't have any of those things. Whereas the Bible actually says, no, no, no. Like, you know, God's like, I designed you that way. So here's how you get that. You don't get that through your own striving, through your own greatness, through your own amazing pride. You get it through humility and fear of the Lord, our riches and honor and life. So humility is a right seeing, a right standing of ourselves. We're not above God. You know, I made Scott rich. No, it's like, God bless me. God gave me this talent. God put me in this, in this time, in this era, in this place. He gave me this personality. He gave me my passions and my skill set of, you know, I obviously have to go and do the stuff. And then he blessed me. And I'm not below Christ's blood. I'm, you know, so many guys are like, oh, Scott, you know, I'm such a sinner. Like God could never love me. That's pride, brother. That's sin. Condemnation because you're, you're condemning yourself to what Christ never said is condemned. You know, you can take a perfectly good building and, and put a, a, a legal document that says condemned on that building. And it could be a perfectly good building, but no one will use it. No one will use it and, and be productive in it and, uh, you know, take full use of it. That's you when you write condemned on your life. God's not going to use you. You're not going to use you. Your tribe's not going to use you. Your family's not going to use you because you're useless. You're condemned. When Christ's blood said, I've come not to condemn you, Scott, but I've come that you may have life, 
that you may be restored to sonship with the father, restored to being a king who I am king over. And it's like, okay, humility. I am a king that Jesus is king over. Let's operate. Let's, let's do stuff. And so that's humility. And then fear of the Lord. So many of us fear man. We fear scarcity. We fear woman. We fear failure. We fear other people's successes. It's like, guys, work your gift as unto the Lord. That's fear of the Lord. Of like, everything I do is so that I don't disappoint my dad. You know, I fear disappointing my dad. I couldn't care less what everyone else says. I couldn't care less what the clown gallery shouts and screams and reads. It's like, this is the one who I'm, I'm working as unto. Praise God. Alrighty, boys. I think that was a good little, a good little rant. Um, yeah, I just encourage you guys to work your gift as unto the Lord. To not uh, criticize uh, other men who are, are on the same mission as us, who are, are reaching the same uh, conclusions maybe. But to actually reach out to them and be like, hey man, admire what you're doing. God bless you. You know, simple as that. It takes that, that spirit off of us and it, and it creates space. It creates room for us. Love you, boys. I appreciate all you guys jumping in the chat. It's always nice to see you. And we'll see you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And the Lord bless you.